Creating your own reality. Is it possible for me? I am Jennifer K. Hill, the Consciousness Architect, and I am here to tell you that it's not only possible, it's closer than you might think. Welcome to the show. Hello, friends, and thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Regarding Consciousness. I am Jennifer K. Hill, the CEO of OptiMatch, as well as om-heals.com and the host of this podcast, where I bring to you wisdom from thought leaders, healers, scientists, experts on quantum physics and consciousness from around the world to delve into how can we expand our consciousness? Every time we have the show, we have a new take on what consciousness means and how we can integrate elevating our consciousness into our everyday lives. And today is no different. We have a beautiful, dear new friend with us today, Donna Brown. Shout out to our mutual friend, Noah Berman, who connected us. I love all the wonderful people Noah introduces me to. His dad was actually my publicist many years ago. And synchronicities are still abounding now decades later with all these beautiful introductions. So Donna is incredible. She is the originator of value design thinking. She is a visionary mentor to to brands as well as an international speaker. She has over three decades of experience working in strategy, design, media, brand architecture, and entrepreneurship. And she is uniquely designed to help brands build and grow. And part of what we're actually going to be talking about today is how do we insert consciousness into our personal brand and into the brand that we want to bring out to the world, whatever that is, be it professional or personally. Donna, share with us a little bit about your journey. How is it that over these three decades, you have been able to integrate consciousness and marketing and branding to become this visionary thought leader that you are? No, thank you. It's lovely to be here. Thank you so much, Jen, for the invitation. And again, to Noah. So I think My journey is like many other people's, that your personal journey and your inner journey inevitably spill out into what you do, into how you see and see the world and how you want to show up in the world. And very early on, I understood that um, I fit into typical boxes of career categories and labels, and I struggled with that quite a bit. And I realized that what was important for me and why people like companies and brands actually hired me was because of my ability to see for them what they couldn't see for themselves. It's very simple. It's a very small, big and small thing at the same time. And as I've grown, and it's actually almost four decades now, this, I have to change that in my book. It's almost four decades of experience. I've come to understand that everything we, you know, everything we do matters, right? We've been taught this and quantum mechanics and quantum physics are telling us that we're, we're all one. But how do we make that happen and how do we reflect that not only in how we live as individuals, but how we show up in these structures that we call businesses and how do we use businesses to really amplify our own growth as individuals, our consciousness and our collective consciousness. So share with us a little bit about this and you're one of your greatest gifts. And I think this is true of many great business leaders throughout the world and sciences, business, et cetera is your gift of utilizing intuition to be able to foretell and almost predict what's going to be hot, how things matter. How do you utilize consciousness in your day-to-day and how do you recommend that we use it? It's very interesting. We can use it everywhere. There's nowhere that it can't be 
we can decide there's so many aspects i guess that we could talk about we can use it in the intention of what we do and taking a moment before we hit record here we both set an intention and a motivation for this call and for the podcast and for your work and for mine and just that in itself helps you feel more connected to yourself and to the world i think that's really important and how to become and how to use everything that we are i don't i'm i trying to find the best words for this how can we use everything that we can hold or that can come through us to make the world a better place and i think that these practices the practice of business is actually will change the way we feel about it and we'll see it as a huge opportunity and one of the easiest ways to connect with people around this is through values because values are not they're not based on let's say a religion or a tradition or a religious tradition or certain belief systems we all have those so i think that how we can show up every day is finding these points of communion of where we have things in common and trying to meet people heart to heart it's not just a meeting of the minds but a meeting of the hearts i think is what we're all beginning to see is important and can be done at any level so that's i think it's a really exciting time also for us to be living this way and to seeing how we can work with the lands we live on the properties that we live in how we can use these structures and tap into wisdom that's from other traditions or older traditions to have a, a bigger more expansive view of actually how we can impact the world i think it's actually also very inspiring hmm. i i love in my mind's eye as you were sharing that donna i saw a value van diagram <laughs> we bump yeah. up to people all the time and even though we might come from completely disparate backgrounds, we might come from different countries, different socioeconomic statuses, different religions. At the end of the day, chances are, if we were to line ourselves up with all other 8 billion people on the planet, we could find maybe a little overlap, even if it was just a tiny one, of where our values align with somebody else's. Maybe it's being a good parent or being a kind friend or whatever it is. I think it's from this place of pulling that beautiful thread through of commonality of how uh, you were saying before the call, which is why I was like, oh, we got to jump on right now and start recording this. You were talking about that idea of wholeness and connecting to wholeness within ourselves and then thus seeing that in the world. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. When you work with a brand or startups or and you're talking to the people who are involved, you're talking to founders, you're talking to investors. Everyone wants to feel whole. Everyone wants to feel that every part of them is fully activated. I think when we imagine this kind of perfect vision of who we want to be, the reality is we want to feel like all of us is seen, all of us is valued, and all of us is wanted by others. And I think that helping people weave together, let's say their past experiences and their present experiences into under a greater understanding of how they actually interact with the world and what the world would love to see from them is one of the first steps to feeling whole and because you if you don't feel whole it's very hard to feel this larger concept of oneness and feeling part of this the greater whole and we tend to all tap into that in moments of that are being coming together moments that are quite often let's say natural disasters or quite often negative things, but they're also very inspiring moments, but it's possible to tap into that every day. And I think that learning to do that is what's going to change things the most. And I think it's very exciting 
And there are all kinds of studies for all the practical, let's say, business people and numbers people and logic people. There are all kinds of studies also that show how much more we relate to people with that we share values with, companies that we share values with. So there's there are all these, what they're talking about, different double, triple bottom lines, all that sort of technical speak. But if you look at it very simply, people want to do business and spend money with good people and want to be able to see ourselves. And when a lot of people say the purpose of life is to be happy. And so it's understanding what actually brings happiness. And the also the great understanding that my happiness and your happiness can't be at the expense of someone else's unhappiness. So I think that this is that very, to keep it very simple, right? So we can go into sort of more nuanced values. And when you're working, with people, with entrepreneurs, or you're working with individuals or brands, you can go into sort of a declared set of values, but they're very basic ones. We all want to be seen, heard, and validated. We want to be happy, and we want to be loved, and we want to love. It's pretty simple. And we've always seen that everything we do on the outside, let's say on the outside external world, in most cases, we were taught that those were very separate activities and that there was no place for this kind of thinking in, in in most aspects of our world where we spend most of our time, let's say, let's just say outside the home or outside of relations, but everything is about relationships and everything and everywhere on this planet is our home. So the more we can melt those barriers and see how we can be of service and connect to others, no matter where we are, no matter what position we hold, whether we're working for other people, whether we're working for ourselves, and that we have the ability to impact people's lives, maybe in ways that we'll never know, but just know that if we show up in a certain way with a certain intention, it makes us feel more connected to ourselves, but also to others. So I think, yeah, I think it's quite simple. And I think we're moving to this clear view of what, of what it's like to be human in many ways and how that shows up in everything that we create, whether it's a business or a piece of art or a piece of music or the way we grow our food and the way we interact with the environment. Now, what happens though, Donna, if we are unconscious to our values? I feel like so many of us, I know I was this way up until my late thirties. I didn't mm. know who I was. I had no sense of self or I couldn't really, it was like all entangled, I guess I would call it. I was entangled yeah. in the beliefs of my parents, the beliefs of society, where you're raised. And then it was challenging for me at first to to pull that thread out of what are my values? What are my parents' values? What are the company's values? How do you begin to explore that for yourself? I think when you have a strong, as as an individual, when you have a strong reaction to something, anything, and just take a moment, if you can take that moment and say, is this something I really believe or is this something I was taught to believe? And it's not that what we're taught to believe is bad, all of it, right? But some of it is very conditioned thinking about what it means to be human, what it means to have a career, what it means to express yourself or ways of ways of showing up. The world was very cut and dry and very structured and very traditional. I think now we're moving into sort of a more layered expression, let's say, of our humanness in, and our humanness and our humanity. And I think for me, it was important to start looking at that that just a little bit of separation of observing myself and saying, do I really believe that? And I also think that this is an ongoing practice. I don't think that, I think till we draw our last breath, we're still learning. 
about something. So I don't think that's a process that ever ends and you're constantly gaining clarity over over what you believe and why you believe it. So I think also just learning to take that breath or have that little bit of, let's say, mental space. And I know that for me, meditation was a big thing that allows you to just be a little bit the observer of yourself and to see things from a slightly different point of view. I think that was the biggest thing for me is just, do I really believe this is something, is this true? And not the only truth, like to also hold our beliefs a little more lightly than we do. There's a lot of defending and grasping and taking positions. And what if we could hold more the contrasting beliefs, which is actually a thing that is proven also in psychology that we can hold two beliefs that are actually quite different at the same time. So I think it's also learning to be a little bit less polarized, which I guess social media doesn't help with. Right? There's a lot of that stake claiming but if what if we were to be a little more equanimous about have a little more equanimity about things in general and to just to observe and then to just see if what we feel is true and if the other person or the other side has some values and i know that with that's on a personal level and on a business level there are so many ways you can come to an understanding of what the business values are and i know that there have been studies that if your core values as a human as an individual are not met within a company or not or not honored you have no choice but to leave those are the people who leave because they have to leave they may not be able to say why but they will feel in some way that they've been betrayed and that sense of betrayal and that sense of frustration is quite often around values and that we can then give a lot of small names to and say that it was a problem about something but if we look at the core of what is going on it's really that some value that's important to us hasn't been respected or isn't reflected in the company. So I think, and there are lots of ways of coming to clarity as both on as an individual and on a company level as to how to clarify those values. But I think it's an ongoing process. And I also feel the fewer you choose, the better, the fewer, if you can really narrow it down to maybe three to three is ideal. What are Five. your values? Ah, that's a really good question. I would say compassion, honesty, but to me that honesty and let's say honesty, truthfulness, but it's not brutal honesty, but that searching for the truth, I think is for me is- Compassionate honesty. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's very good. Oh, I'm gonna, so now that's got down to one thing. Compassionate honesty, yes. So compassion and honesty, and I love me a little bit of adventure. And or a sense of adventure or also a sense of humor, a sense of fun. I think that we also need to have a lot more fun than we have. And uh, yeah, I think those are, those stand you in good stead. Because if you can laugh about things, which and I think humor also a lot means you're curious about things. So I guess the three would be compassion, honesty, and humor, I think is a really important quality. I guess that's a quality more than value, but playfulness in some way does a lot to alleviate a lot of situations. I think playfulness is underrated. It's so funny. We can take ourselves so seriously, right? And that's where we get stuck in our heads. In fact, as you were sharing, I thought of another brilliant man I've interviewed before named Dr. Dane here from Access Consciousness. And I remember many years ago, he had shared with me that, you know what, Jen, we're often taking on other people's feelings, like 80, 90% of the time. And what we want to do is say, who does this belong to? Whether it's a belief, a feeling, whatever it is. 
And if we say, who does this belong to? If we're feeling sad or icky or whatever, irritated. And we say, who does this belong to? And it feels lighter. It means it wasn't ours. And we return it to sender. However, if we say, who does this belong to? And we still have that icky, heavy, uncomfortable feeling. It means it's ours to process. And then we get to do that internal evaluation. It's interesting. I never thought of that evaluation. You know, where I never thought of that before this moment. Though we're looking at like, what are our values? Does, is this what I'm committed to? And there was actually a very cool exercise I learned many years ago in a personal development class that I've since augmented for a lot of my coaching clients. And what it is that you actually ask six people, five to six people in your life, these questions, what was your first impression of me when we met? Where have I surprised you? Where mm-hmm. have I disappointed you? What can you count on me for? What can't you count on me for? And what is your impression of me now? And asking, even if you just ask three people, getting you know from somebody you know better to somebody you might not have known as long, it's really fascinating to hear from another person's perspective, are you showing up in the world the way that you're committed to showing up? Like You might have this one perspective over here where our values are playfulness and honesty and whatever, but then how we actually show up to our friends or to colleagues or whomever is not the same as what we say we're committed to. And it's, a, it's not bad. It's not wrong. We are all whole, complete, perfect, as Donna shared earlier, though it's just an interesting exercise to engage in curiosity. Wow. I wonder what it would take for who I say I want to be to be aligned with who I say I am. Yeah, absolutely. And also, I think, especially when you're getting into personal branding exercises, what people, they'll typically ask words to describe you and things like that, but they how often do we show our true selves, what we're truly holding in our heart and what we truly desire to create? And so they're judging me on, let's say, or judging us on our past without necessarily knowing what we're, where we're desirous of going and what we're desirous of becoming. So I love those questions you that you had. And I think that to have to go back with that and to match that against what I would probably do for myself would be then to say, this is where I want, this is who I want to be. This is how I want, or this is who I feel I am. And I'm obviously not communicating that or what I would like to be more of or express more of, because of course we are all things. We just have to choose. We just give priorities uh, to certain types of expression and characteristics, let's say. But it's, I think also to not let people define us, which is a, it's a fine line, right? So what you said, and I loved your questions. I think there's so much more helpful than a lot of questions that people are get suggested as ways of getting feedback from other people. But then there's also that very much that honesty with yourself of, okay, who is it? Am I showing up the way, as you were saying, am I showing up the way I really want to be? And what can I do about it? And so there's the honesty and the compassion and forgiving yourself for being the way things are and making the mistakes you made and deciding how you're going to change and also having a little bit of fun doing it. I think it's so important. I love those questions. Thank you, Jenna. My pleasure. And I think the playfulness with the questions is important. To reinsert what Donna earlier said, I think that if you go about this exercise, say for any of you out there listening, maybe you're like, oh, that's Mm. cool. I want to do that. If you do it with the serious hat on of like, well, my gosh, this is heavy. It's going to make or break who I am as a human being. What if people say I'm not this? In fact, I remember one of the first people I asked this to many years ago was my friend, Natalia. (laughs) 
And I will always remember her answers because they were pretty <laughs> stuck in my head. And I said, what was your first impression of me when we met? And she said, I thought you were capital B-I-T-C-H. This was like 20 years ago. And I used to come across particularly very like stern and hard to connect with wow. and all this stuff. And I said, where have I surprised you? And she said, when I found out what a warm heart you are, an amazing person. And that just was like, wow. Because I didn't realize that for whatever reason, I had this wall up with people and that wasn't allowing people to see my warm heart. And where I really wanted was for people to see my warm heart. And then it gave me an opportunity to play with and pivot and dance with how I showed up. And I used to have resting robot face, RRB. I would just look like this, like until I learned how to put a smile on my put as my dear friend and local coach and partner, Arthur Samuel Joseph always says, put a pretty smile on that put You do it because sometimes we don't even realize you might be a lovely person inside, but sometimes we don't even realize our face does not convey how lovely we are. No, but I think that what you suffered from is something that we all suffered around, especially people who are let's say, of a certain age, we were taught that it would be death to our careers and death to basically ourselves or any chance of what you might consider success. We won't go into the discussion of what that means, but if we were to bring any part of ourselves to business, like there was this, you had to show up in a certain way. And it was like that, again, this is, how does that feel? That feels terrible. Has it made anybody happy? Not really. Has it made the places of business wonderful places to be? No, a lot of them are pretty toxic. So it's okay, so we can do better. Because if this whole system that we had was so wonderful, we'd be a lot better off than we are. So in there, you saw what you were taught. You, She saw what you were taught to show, mm. but not who you are. So it's dropping the masks. And I get that you can't always be super vulnerable in every situation and show the whole world things in exactly the same way. There's their nuances, but to, for as much as possible, yes, as much as possible to be unwavering, unwavering in who you are and who you know yourself to be, I think is one of the biggest gifts that this time is allowing people to be, which is wonderful. Mm, I couldn't agree more. And you reminded me of something else. I remember many years ago, I was part of a group where we're, there was a group of us, maybe a hundred that would meet from around the world every six weeks or so. And part of what we would do is we would engage in inquiry. You'd have a hundred people in a room and there'd be a question that would be posed to the class and you'd share with a partner. And I remember one of the most riveting questions that we ever engaged in inquiry in was what matters to you? What matters to you? And out of that, Donna, like magic happened. It changed my life. It led to me building my first school and my second school. I'd given up on that dream over 10 years before that because of circumstances, stories, life experiences. And I think if we all took the time, even if you don't do the other exercises, just to say what matters to you, to a friend, to your spouse, or what is your dream or whatever that question might be, that opens up a conversation and ask yourself the question. If you're struggling right now and you're hearing what Donna is sharing, what I'm sharing, and you're saying, oh God, it's just like, it feels icky. I don't know what my values are. Ask yourself what matters to me and then engage yeah. with others and see what lights you up. It might not come to you right away, though engaging in conversations about what matters to others, you might be like, oh, that's good. That's juicy. I want some of that. <laughs> exactly. Another thing that's really, I love that. And then another thing that I also like is what do you really want? Because so many people are taught to want things they don't want. And they'll we ask people, what do you really want? And they'll say, oh, I want 10 clients at this. I said, you can't, 
want that. That's a means to getting what you want. What do you want? And then it will come down to freedom and it will come down to expressing the parts of yourself that so far you haven't been able to give much voice to or it will come out, other things will come out. But it's rarely something that you can, let's say, put a number on or measure to the 10,000 clients, the million dollars in revenue or the whatever those things are, right? Or the the salary goals or whatever those things are. They represent other things. Homes, home represents safety and groundedness and a place to feel that you can be yourself. So when you say you want a home, what do you really want? I want to feel like myself. Can I feel like myself? And can I feel grounded? Even if I don't, if I'm not a homeowner, because otherwise we always have this, we're deferring some sort of sense of what we actually want when we can find maybe, let's call them smaller or smaller steps or easier steps to have those feelings now. There's no, so that we're not constantly deferring also that sense of happiness and basing it too much on external things. But if you understand what you were asking as well, what do you need? What's really important to you? What matters to you? That really, that helps conversations get very real. And I think they're very, as you said, they're very clarifying for the choices that people make about their lives and their families and their relationships and their businesses. But I think that's going to be more and more on bigger levels that companies and brands are going to be asking the same thing. What do you really want? It is not possible in a world that is so layered with such an understanding of all the, of a greater and greater understanding of the nuances of mental health, of what it means to be human, of physics, everything from spin liquids to quantum foam to you, you name it, string theory, you name it. How is it possible that the only definition of a company is to bring shareholder value? It's not logical and it's not functional. And so I think that the more we can soften ourselves, right? This we show up with that smile and a voice coach will always say, you can hear on the phone if somebody's smiling, you can feel the smile in their voice. So what if we started showing up in the way that it's really important to us in everything we did and everywhere, everywhere we operate and make everything we do an extension or businesses see businesses, for example, as an extension or as a support system or structures that help us be even more of what's important to us. Yeah, so important. I had a whole show years ago. The first podcast I ever did starting in 2016 was called Get Yourself the Job. And I actually was talking to my old co-host from it, Brandon Maslin, and we were having a great time reminiscing. And that's what we focused on. So many of us, so many of us spend our whole lives in jobs, careers, things that don't light us up. And one of my favorite quotes was a quote by, I believe it was Howard Thurman, if I'm not mistaken, who said, don't ask yourself what the world needs. Ask yourself what makes you come alive and then go and do that because what this world needs is people who have come alive. And I feel like that is the catalyst that is moving each and every one of us towards our future, propelling us, moving us, pushing us as a society, as a global civilization, I think we're seeing this catalyze all of us into shaking us out of this, not even a dream state, more like a nightmare state that so many of us, you have to, you should, you need to. When I coach clients, one of the things I work with them on is their language. We say, I need to, I have to, I should. There's no power in that. You're shutting yourself down. You're, as one teacher once told me, you're shutting all over yourself. And it's like, when we begin to move out of that paradigm of have tos and shoulds and should nots and what everybody taught us, then you begin to become the creator and be able to paint your reality with your words and with your vision. Yeah, I think that's 
perfect. And one of the things is that people forget that we're all creative. Mm. We're all creative. There isn't anybody who isn't creative. And we've been taught that we're not, a, if we're not making a piece of fine art or making music or something, we're not creative. But anybody who runs and knows you run a business, you're creative. You have to decide what to wear in the morning. That's creative. You have to decide how to do your makeup or not. <laughs> you have to decide how you're going to set the table, how you're going to furnish your home. We're all we're naturally creative and we're naturally curious and to allow ourselves to be all those things is I think is such a gift and to recognize that such a part of what it's like to be human I think that's great and I love what you were saying about not shooting all over yourself this is that's part of the conditioning right we've been taught that we should do things every time we say should even if it's, oh, I should have a better meditation practice. It's what if I love and accept myself the way I am? And I can, okay, this is what I've done today, which is the best I could do today. Was it the best I could do? Maybe not. So maybe I could just be a little more sensitive to myself and a little more aware of what it is I want to create. But I also think that one of the things that, just to go back to what you were saying, you know, that, that lovely quote about what is it that lights you up? There's so many exercises about ideal clients. And I hate all of them indifferently. I shouldn't say hate. I find them not helpful is a better description because it immediately externalizes something. You're looking for external validation, but what lights you up? What do you actually want to offer? What are you interested in creating? What makes you feel alive? And I was saying like lit up or fully activated. What makes me feel or what makes you feel excited about something? And statistically, with the amount of humans there are in the world, it is impossible for no one to want that. It's impossible. And it's also impossible on, depending on country, price point, it doesn't matter. There, there is somebody who wants that. So if you show up as your ideal self and your, your best self and you're doing your best work, there is somebody else who needs that so that they can be their best selves and do their best work. That's the easiest thing of client fit. So if you know yourself really well, whether you're an individual or a company, what are you really here to do? What is the meaning of my business? It can have names. It can be called like software, whatever. But what, it, what am I really doing here? What is the core? What is the essence of this work? What is the heart essence of this? What am I really doing when I'm connecting people? I could be, I could be matchmaker i could be somebody in hr i could have an amazing wonderful algorithm but what am i doing right if i'm here to foster human connection then everything i do will do that and so the people who need that work are people who want more connection it's oh. really easy so you have to start with yourself whether you're a person or a company whether you're trying to look for reinventing your life through divorce or career change or empty nest it doesn't really matter or you're just ready to do something different because you feel ready to grow and see what else is out there. I think that knowing what do you really want and what do you love and what are you curious about and what what kind of role do you always end up that you were talking about, like that seal rouge, that red thread of how do I always show up, whether it's in my group of friends or in a company or what role do I always seem to end up taking? What does that say about me? And is it something I love? Because the people pleaser or whatever, you know, we have to understand whether those are roles we want or whether they feel heavy. And that's the, I think you also mentioned that before, when it starts to feel heavy, it means it's actually not ours necessarily to carry or something that we truly believe. But when you have that, that I'm sorry, it's been a bit long, but 
really just to sum that up, the more you can show up as yours yourself and offer your gifts in the way that excites you the most and use all parts of you in when somebody comes to interact with you you will automatically know who needs to receive that i always use very simple examples if i'm if i'm the world's best traditional pastry chef and i go into a vegan community i'm not going to be very successful so who is the who needs that it's very obvious when you make examples like that of course but it's that simple for brands, no matter how big or small they are, and for people also on an individual level. What do I really do? Why do people actually hire me? What is that gift? And and how can I explain that in ways that people will connect with me and want that? So beautiful, Donna. I know I've gained so many pearls of wisdom out of our conversation today, and I'm intending our audience has as well. If they want to connect with you more deeply, learn more about the work you've done around branding, where would they go to do I'm in the midst of redoing my website, but it's DonnaBrown.com. Very simple. Or they can write me at coaching at DonnaBrown.com. That would be be very simple. You can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on Facebook. Don't spend a lot of time on social media. If you reach out, I'll, find, I'll see you and send me a message. I'll answer. I'm always happy to hear from people because I love people. Thank you so much, Donna. Thank you to each of you for tuning in today. It's been such a pleasure engaging with Donna and with each of you in this exploration of who do we choose to be in the world? What does that even mean? And I invite you as you go out into this week or whenever you're listening to this and just get curious who would I be if I had the possibility, if we gave you magic fairy dust and poof, you could be who you wanted to be. You could make choices that brought you fulfillment and happiness. You could do what mattered to you. Explore that and let that be your guiding light as you go into this coming week. So I am Jennifer Cahill. It's always a pleasure to have you here with us. And we look forward to having you again for Regarding Consciousness. Thank you so much for joining us today for another episode of Regarding Consciousness with Jennifer K. Hill. We would love it if you would take a moment and write a review for us or rate us on Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is. And if you'd like to stay in touch and find out about upcoming events with some of the amazing guests we've had on the show, like Deepak Chopra and other world thought leaders, feel free to join my email list at metabizics, M-E-T-A-B-I-Z-I-C-S dot com. Again, that's metabizics.com. And you can go ahead and join our email list there. Thanks so much. And we look forward to having you join us next week.